Hello and welcome to this Christian Walk podcast, the show where no topic is too taboo to empower you on your walk with God. I'm your host, Marley B, and it is my privilege to welcome you back to the conversation. Today's conversation, we are going to be hitting on a subject that, you know, I really have been more of a student of these last few years, right? When we talk about praying, we know that as a Christian, that's a staple. That's a main thing that you need to get a, a, a grip on, right? But sometimes it takes more than just praying to get what we need from God. And that's when we go into coupling fasting in a bunch. And sometimes when it comes to fasting, it can feel like, okay, well, I can only speak for my own self, right? Sometimes I feel like, okay, am I doing this right? Or, you know, maybe uh, I should be doing it a different way. It's so many, you know, it's intermittent fasting out there. Sometimes you can feel like, okay, am I more on a diet or am I more um, trying to, you know, get closer to God? What is this about? And, you know, with all the questions that was gathering in my own mind about fasting, I felt that we needed to bring the conversation to the TCW fam. So I invited my friend, Minister Chantel, to come on and, and you know, give me a little bit of more insight um, from a, minister, a ministerial uh, perspective about fasting and to make sure that, you know, I was going into it the right way. So it was definitely a great conversation and I learned a lot. So let's get into it right now. Uh, walk with me, talk with me. What you know about God? Will He ride with me? Come and open my eyes for me. Hear my story. Show me more. What's in store? And once more, listen, homie, can you walk? All right, Minister Shan, welcome to this Christian Walk podcast. Thank you. Thank you, Thank so, you so much, much for being here. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. I am excited to have you because this conversation is one I've been wanting to have for a minute. But before we get into why I wanted to have you on here, let's talk a little bit about you. So I know that you are what? Um, I know one, you you wear many hats, right? You are a mom. And a few of them, yes. Yeah, you have, um, you are a wife. Yes. You are a minister, uh, artist, a life coach. I mean, you have many hats. Grandma, my grandma. And a grandma. Wow. Yes. How many kids do you have, Minister Shan? Well, I have four daughters by marriage. They're my babies. They're all in their 30s, but they're still my babies. Um, and I have my son Isaiah um by birth. He's 13. And then I have three grandchildren. I have um, well, let's see. Jermon is my chef. He's 13. He loves to cook. And then I have Malachi, he's seven, and then JL, she's five. Going on twenty five. Going on twenty five. <laughs> I can't believe it. it's it's like how how long? And you said you have kids that are in their thirties. Yeah. Okay. So when I got married to Kevin, I got an instant family. Ah. So yeah. So he has. You know, he already had four children, mm-hmm. and so I just love him to pieces. I didn't have Isaiah until I was almost forty. Really, so I appreciate the extra four without having to go through the hard work. But yeah. you know, we have a very strong relationship on um, me and then all my daughters. It's the poor, the oldest, Tanel, Latoya, and Michelle. That's beautiful. It's always great to um, see a blended family and where the love just really is an addition, and not just yeah. uh, you know, because I know it can go it, it can go another way, you know. But when it goes in a yeah, way towards love. I'm I'm just blessed that it worked out like that. Yeah, I really am. 
Yeah, because it, it's blessings in those blended families. You know, I, I definitely had some blessings from being a part of a blended family. Uh, my my dad married my stepmom who had four kids and then my dad had me and my brother. So it was six kids all together and we, and you know, they were together from the time I was five. Wow. You know? Wow. Yeah. And so that we grew up together. So that it was a beautiful thing though. It was, you know, it could be a lot of, a lot going on when you got that many kids, but at the end of the day, there was love there and I appreciate yeah. it. So absolutely. I can't forget my two sons. I have Derek who's married to Latoya and then um, Malachi's father, Eric, they're my sons. I love them to pieces. Well, that is I'll bust out later so <laughs> right yeah all the shout outs in. i want you to mess all up. all family yes all. mother's day coming up you can't be messing up the lineup now you gotta no, go right <laughs> <laughs> oh, you gotta make sure that's, that's right now how long have you been a minister i got licensed in 2007 i actually have been at new beginnings since 99 um, but I didn't join until the beginning of 2000. So I was at New Beginnings for a while before I even knew that I was called to be a minister. I was really trying to be healed myself when I came. So that was the first several years actually was in counseling with pastor. That's how I came to New Beginnings. You know, I was going to ask you too, because I always am curious um, with ministers. Are you, are you surprised that you're a minister? I am. I never ever saw myself even being a leader. Pastor was the one that told me you're a leader. Um, I, I never saw that. I was content with being somebody who worked for somebody else. Um, somebody else told me what to do. I was really content with that. Um, so he saw that in me while I was in counseling. And so, and then, you know, my relationship with Reverend Twana grew as well. She challenges me like nobody's business she really challenges me to grow in every area. So I did not see that for myself. I wasn't the one that was like, you know, the Lord called me. That was not me. Yeah, I was in the back, like, I'm good right here, Jesus. So <laughs> it was definitely a shock. Yeah, I get that. Cause there's so many areas in my life that still surprises me. It surprises me that I, and I've been here for 19 years. It's almost 19 years. And it surprises me that I live in North Carolina still. I, I just like, wow. hey, I, I live in Charlotte and been living in Charlotte. Well, where are you it, from? I'm originally from Detroit, Michigan. Okay. Wow. And it well, just, I, it still trips me out. Yeah, I'm not from here either. I don't, I think I know like five people who are here, from here. From here. It yes. is a rarity to meet a real live charlatan. Charlatan, yes. <laughs> Where are you originally from? I am from Virginia Beach, Virginia. I'm a beach girl. I know a lot of Virginia folks. They all good people and they all good cooks. Yeah, that came later. <laughs> I wasn't a good cook when I was in Virginia. I left when I was 19 because I went in the Air Force and then I stayed there in North Dakota for several years, then came here um, in 95. So I've been in Charlotte since 95. It's 95. So I've seen a lot of growth and change here. Yes, because it was a trip. When I moved here, graffiti used to make the news. Oh, my Lord. Yes, been <laughs> it, it won't make the news nowadays. It sure won't. No, it won't. But it's still a place that I love and I, I don't regret my decision. I'm glad I'm glad God brought me here. Do you do you feel like what brought you to North Carolina? Well, honestly, um, I was married to someone else that I married in when I was in the Air Force and we were young, never should have got married, got married at 22. 
he was Air Force too? Yes. I met him on the Air Force base, like in North Dakota in the snow. I was walking to the post office and I didn't have a car and it was like freezing cold. And so we became friends and we got married because there's really not a lot to do in North Dakota. So when we moved to civilization, <laughs> the East Coast, he, he was from Charleston, I was from Virginia, and we were kind of checking around. We thought about Atlanta. At the time, it was really, really, really booming, and people were going there, and we were like, uh, too crowded. So we came to Charlotte, because it's kind of between South Carolina and Virginia, North Carolina. So that's how I, and I heard good things about it, and you know, they said it was a big little city, like a little big city, whatever. It was nice, clean, so we came here, but that didn't last, because what happened was once we moved here, we started growing apart, because we were together for the wrong reasons. So have nothing against him at all. Pray he's doing well. But that's what got me to New Beginnings. I actually, when he left, I needed counseling. And so one of my coworkers invited me to New Beginnings because she always saw me, at, I was at First Union then, she always saw me um, coming to work really sad. Really didn't know who I was. I kind of became enmeshed with him and I didn't know who I was. So I was lost. And so, so you made him pretty much your world. Oh, yeah, I really did. You know, we were 22, you know, really didn't know uh, who we were. You know, I'm sure he probably had to go somewhere and find himself as well. So um, so that's what happened. I actually went through, I think it was four years of counseling with Pastor. So it started with every month and it was every other month. And it was like every time I go, God would chip away at something else and reveal more of who I was. And so um, I ended up joining New Beginnings towards the beginning of my counseling with pastor. Because um, you went to counseling before you even joined the church. Yes. Wow. Um, pastor's a counselor by trade. Back when we had, our church was smaller. We only had like, I don't know, 50-ish people when I came. So he could really counsel everybody that needed counseling. Not now. No, <laughs> we had a counseling no. ministry now, and counseling <laughs> center. But um, back then he did all the counseling. So I was blessed to be able to, to be counseled by pastor, which I think was a divine setup because I needed that in my life. So that's how I ended up at New Beginnings. And there's so. so many people that, even people that are in the church that are so against counseling, what would you say to them? No, um, you have to do it. I think, I just went to the um, International Leadership Summit. Pastor paid for the staff and some of the leaders to go, which was a huge blessing. And one of the things they kept saying over and over is you got to have a mental health check. Even if you don't believe in counseling, you got to get at least once a year a mental health check just to make sure you're good. Because I mean, there's so much coming at us. You know, you need somebody who you can just get it all out. And sometimes you don't even know um, what you need. So you have somebody who can help pull that out of you. I know I grew up... Um, in our family, we didn't believe black folks got counseling. You know, I think my you know my family thinks differently now, but that was the thing with just our, the, the black culture yeah. back then. You know, yeah. black folk don't get counseling. You know, yeah. But that saved my life. I mean, I was I was suicidal, and that really saved my life. So I highly recommend it to anybody. You got to talk to somebody. You can't hold it in. You know, so I recommend it. You know, to anybody, everybody. Counselors need counselors. Okay. <laughs> Everybody can benefit from it because it's not about, even though 
I don't really believe people who say, I, I'm good. My childhood was perfect. I don't need counseling. I don't believe that because you can, first of all, it's something in there that you, you might be repressing or something. But even if you don't have any issues, because I don't think that everybody just walking around with a whole bunch of issues, not right. every single person. Right. I believe it's some uh, emotionally healthy people walking around, but it's still things that are going to happen in day-to-day -day life, stuff that's Absolutely. going on in this world that we, I mean, we just need to really be in touch with our feelings about, and mm -hmm. feelings are heavy lifting. I tell, yeah. I say that often. It, it's, it's just, it takes, it's a team effort. <laughs> you need somebody with a, with a certificate and not just a friend or, a, um, or, you know, a coworker to, to vent to. It's not about just venting. It's about working through feelings. And that takes a professional. Yes, it really does. You know, and there are different levels of what people need. Like you said, everyone's not walking around with mental health issues, but we face stuff every day that's that's hard, that's heavy. Like, and so we do need somebody in our life who we can um, go to, even if it's like I said, once a year. You know, it couldn't hurt. You know, but I think it's more people. Than, I think it's more than what people are saying. More people need it than who are saying they need it. Yeah, and I, I'm really proud of us as a society because, I mean, it, it really came to a head, you know, and I mean, we really are years and years, decades and generations of the of, of denying mental health as a real thing. It's just, it was just crazy and regular. We just went, yeah. you went from, you know, <laughs> they would call you crazy for about just about anything or you right. was regular, but you know, it was right. no in between. And I think now, we understand that there's more nuances to, to the thing and yeah. that, you know, we need, we need to uh, know this is something to, this is something that's about our health, our overall holistic health, you know, and mental health is not something that nobody should neglect. And I think, and I'm glad, and I'm proud of us as a society for actually acknowledging it as a problem. And I mean, it's going to take a lot to put things in place to where we can really make the impact we need to make to really shift. But mm -hmm. I'm glad that we are making the steps and people are realizing even as high as the White House that mental health should be a priority for this nation. Absolutely. To go on. So yeah. I, I'm glad about that. But, yes. you know, we are, it's going to take us at the lower levels here, us just in the in society to acknowledge it as individuals too so we don't we can you know be looking for signs or in others and in ourselves just yes. to help with our self-awareness and our overall awareness you know so all of those things but Absolutely. i'm glad that you got the help that you need i'm glad you. i got it too i don't yes, know where because, i'd be yeah. <laughs> i don't yes. know where i would be if right. i didn't get it so. I'm glad you got it. I'm glad you got it. And look at you now, and it's a beautiful thing, right? So now you are that leader, right? You are that that leader. You're the mom, you're the wife, you're the minister. You are the leader in the church. And specifically, you are over, you and uh, your husband, um, Reverend Kevin, is over the intercessory prayer ministry at our church. Yes. How long have you been? How long have you guys been doing that? That's that's a whole whole long story. <laughs> that's another thing I didn't know that that God had called me to do. I didn't know Reverend Twan had told me that. So I I was an usher when the usher ministry first started. We were at New Hope, you know, sharing their church because we didn't have our own yet. And every time the intercessors would come, they had a small prayer team then, maybe about five or six people. 
I was always in the circle. I just felt comfortable there. And first it was like, mm, you're an intercessor. I was like, nah, you know, I don't even like praying. What are you talking about? So, <laughs> and so she said, um, let me ask you some questions. What do you do when you're in your car? I'm like, what do you mean? She said, when you see things, I said, oh my God, when people are walking down the side of the road, I got to pray that like they don't get too close to the street. And then I'm praying. And she said, yeah, you're an intercessor. <laughs> so I joined the ministry at that point, but we didn't have like a formal um, process of joining the ministry. You came to the church. If you felt like you were an intercessor, you joined the team. And so we went through a lot of learning on the team. I joined the team, I think it was like 2001 or 2002. But in 2003, I was asked to be the co-leader with um, someone else um, just for the interim, 2003, the interim, that was in 2003, <laughs> I guess. Hey, now, could you explain for people who don't know what an intercessory prayer team is or what their objective is. Could you give us like just a small summation of that? Okay, so an intercessory prayer team, it's a group of people who have the gift of intercession. They probably have more than that gift, but you know, one of their higher spiritual gifts is intercession, which means they are called to pray more than the average believer about something or someone. Um, we pray all the time. And when I said I didn't like praying, it's because God wakes me up to pray. And y'all don't always like getting up, you know, but I do enjoy praying. I really do. Um, you do it. It comes natural to you. Um, you're not afraid to do it. And so the prayer team, what we do at New Beginnings is we identify what people's spiritual gifts um, are when they go, when they become a member, they go through the Connect Institute. And then if one of their top five highest gifts is intercession, then they get connected to me and Reverend Kevin. They go through um, the intercessory prayer mentoring program, IPMP, and they learn the basics because you never know what people were taught at another church, um, what they know, what they know, what they don't know. Um, so it kind of puts everybody. It gives us all the basics on about intercession, what it is, why we do it. And so at New Beginnings, Pastor had us start with um, a book called The Prayer Shield by C. Peter Wagner. And it talks about praying for our leaders. A lot of pastors don't have anybody praying for him, praying for them. They don't have, so they, they have a vision, but they don't have anybody to help birth that vision through prayer. So uh, um, a lot of things that we were praying about way back when we were at New Hope manifesting now. Things we're praying about now are going to manifest in the future. So pastor is an intercessor himself. So he's a strong believer in, um, in prayer. So he always knew he wanted to have a prayer ministry. And so I joined that ministry way back in the early 2000s, became the co-leader in 2003. Um, and then when that gentleman transitioned, then Reverend Kevin, when he and I got engaged, he's an intercessor also. He's a powerful intercessor. And so pastor asked if he could co-lead with me. And I think that's when we really started um, putting um, um, more organization to the ministry. Um, so because we were finding that people were joining the church, this is before we had IPMP, they were joining the church and then they'd come on the prayer team and then they, it would, they just wouldn't stick. And so we were trying to figure out what's going on. Well, one thing that we learned is you're gonna come up under spiritual attack when you're praying for someone else. And unless you know that from the beginning, it can seem a little scary or like what's really going on. And some people just kind of backed away. You get, you get distractions. I, I got distractions today, just trying to get on, you know, <laughs> to talk yeah. to you. Yeah. So um, if you don't know that, if you don't know those kind of things, you'll kind of shy away from it. 
So we added more structure to it. And then we just watched God just, just grow the ministry, just grow it. Um, so I think every church should, if you don't have a prayer ministry, at least have a group of people who are praying for you, for the church, for the body of Christ, for the world. You know, we have a different, we have um, corporate prayer twice a week. Um, Reverend Kevin, my husband, he leads Tuesday morning. He got his own stilo. <laughs> he really does. The way he does yeah. it is like old school. Yeah, he comes so. <laughs> in with the with the reading. I'm like, oh, so he, yeah, he yeah. acting it out and lively. Reverend Kevin is, yeah, he definitely He's powerful. Very charismatic, he yeah. is. <laughs> so he does Tuesday morning and he has a team of people that does it along with him. And then on Saturday mornings, we have a team of people who we kind of take turns being the prayer lead because we're all about raising up more leaders. You know, we can't do this by ourselves. So people on the ministry, we train them and, and we and we want them to be able to come up and lead themselves. So we have people, different people that lead each Saturday. And you also have a person who's an intercessor, but they're also administrative. And the music that you get, they're doing the music in the background. They're, they're making sure that the, everybody who's prayed is heard by muting anybody who's maybe making a little bit too much noise. So it's structure around it. And so the key is to know there are different types of intercessors. And a lot of people don't know that. I'm a highly administrative intercessor. I love organization. I got to put structure around it. So you're going to get the emails from me. The, you're going to get all that. You're going to get the, we're going to come together. And we're going to have people that come out with the prayer focus. We're not just going to pray general prayers every Tuesday, every Saturday. We got to focus. Yeah, so I appreciated that. Because when I get the emails from you and it's like, okay, this is what we're praying. I'm like, oh, it's a thing. Because you yeah. know, at first, before I started, before I started going, it, if you would hear it on the announcement, it's just like, okay, they're getting together to prayer. I'm like, mm, I'm not sure what that was, <laughs> but you know, and you know, I, it wasn't what I imagined. But then when I got on the list, it was like, oh, they have a theme, and it 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 goes together. People are in a line. It makes sense. I and what people, don't, what people don't realize is the intercessors come on before everybody else. And so we um, have updates. We talk about member guys of prayer focus is this, whether um, you know, pastor's gonna close out prayer or the or the court or the team leader. You know, we we talk and kind of get our get ourselves together before we open it up to everybody else. And we always start with worship because you never know how people are gonna come to the call. You know, so we gotta we gotta make sure everybody's kind of in a space where they want they're ready to hear from God or ready to pray. And it's open to anybody. It's not just the intercessors. It's open to anybody who wants to participate. So you can join. And we don't put it on social media only because of trolling. So they, we, if you want to, if you want to get it, we're like we're about to put up a, um, a graphic on our website that just has to reach out to. It'll have my contact information, and they'll be able to reach out to me, and I'll give them the the Zoom information. Yeah, they can call in. Just, can it's not just published. Somewhere. right you'd be surprised what you get <laughs> I, I can get it. i get it because <laughs> even like when we have like the service streaming live on facebook and stuff people in the comments it's like we we have in church right now and they're like hey do anybody can somebody cash at me five dollars you right. can see like we have in church right now sir like this ain't the time for that but it, it, it's, it could be a trip. So I, I can understand because that, that time of prayer is important. Yes. You know, it's important. So I, I, I can understand that even though service is important too, but you know, some stuff you just gotta, it's it, some stuff just gotta go live and some stuff you yes. just gotta keep from being live. So I understand right. that 100%. And even with, before we um, had COVID, we held corporate prayer in person at the church. So I remember that. I remember yeah. hearing that. 
And mm-hmm. that's the one where I was like, ooh, be there at 6, huh? A.M. <laughs> I'm like, ooh, I don't right. know. And, you know, I really believe it. You know, just if, even if I didn't believe in divine order before, I definitely believe in it now because now that I'm in MIT and, you know, it's required for me to attend these things, right. I know that Jesus made it happen on <laughs> I'm like, Jesus, you know, it was my time, wasn't it? Like, I, you know, because I don't know if I could have made it to the church at six. Because right. then I have to be at work at seven. You know what I'm oh, saying? Wow. So I'm able to listen to it and still move around. Yeah. Get to the yeah. car and still listen to it all the way to work. And then, you know, just on the point. And then on Saturdays when I don't have to get up and I don't have to be there at eight either. You know, it's good to be able to just be like, okay. Pajamas on, prayers up. You know right. what I'm saying? <laughs> I like it. I like it. So that that's what's up. But um, when you think about, you know, you you are you you like a master prayer, and I that's why I wanted you on here, right? I feel like you're a master prayer now. I mean, come on now. What, what did the little kids say? That makes me cringe. That's a new thing. Makes that cringe. makes me cringe whenever people say that because it's um, <laughs> we pray a lot. A lot of people are praying that you don't even know are praying, like. I'm just one of many. Yeah. So, but you are I, a master plan. I, you not the master plan prayer, but you are a master prayer. Now you come on, Minister Shane. You is not new to this. You is true to this. I'm, I'm not new, and I'm not going nowhere. If you, if that's what you mean. <laughs> that's right. You true okay. to this. So you, you've been doing this a long time. You, you have mastered this thing. And it's, I think it's okay for you to say that. I get, you know, humility and all of that. And I'm not trying doing it to say, all right, now nah, you should go and, you know, do something else because you done mastered this. It's not that. I'm just saying, I you're here. You're the perfect person to have on this show today because you're a master planner, a master prayer. And I need one because I, I need your assistance, right? So uh, I... We know when it comes to being a Christian, praying, the only thing, you know, the one thing that's important when it comes to praying is also fasting, right? Praying and fasting go hand in hand, right? And I have to admit to you, as my my sister in Christ, my, 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 my master prayer on the line that I've been fasting wrong. And I done had to make that, I done made that revelation, right? Because <laughs> I'm, I'm going to have to be real. And the more I research for like this show, because I really wanted to talk about fasting, the more I realized like, dang, I really have been, you know, doing this wrong. And it's something that I really want to do the right way. So I'm hoping we can have a conversation today that can enlighten sure. myself about fasting and others who are li- who are listening on and hopefully, you know, they get some tips or even the the inspiration to want to fast because the benefits are amazing, right? And I yes, I want to get it to- together cuz my I want to get maximize my benefits as well. Okay. Okay. Well, I'll, 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 I'll do what I can in Jesus name. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. So what I found out, okay. First thing I want to do, we want to say for anybody out there who don't know what fasting is, right. It's the time we set aside something that our body enjoys so that we can grow spiritually. Right. Am I right in, in that definition? Yes. yes. Right. So most people choose to set aside food for fasting. But what I understand is it's not always about food. No. Sometimes you can fast from other things. Can you explain how that goes? 
it's a sacrifice. What is a sacrifice for you? What is, because basically fasting is you're drawing closer to God, closer to the spiritual things and not so close to the natural things. You're giving up natural things for the spiritual. So that could be social media. That's a, for some people, that's a huge sacrifice. And we have some intercessors who can't fast from food because they take medicine. So they fast from other things. You know, they can fast from some types of food, sweets, coffee, bread, you know, you can, whatever's a sacrifice, you're going to feel it. That's it. That's, you know what I'm saying? But But the point is you want to draw closer to God. So that's what it's doing. And if you're fasting just to just to not eat something and you're not really putting prayer on it and you're not spending more time with God, you just want to diet. Yeah. And you know what? That's what people got to realize, too, especially since um, intermittent fasting has kind of yeah. came out and hit the mainstream as a kind of a trendy thing to do. It really yeah. kind of suppressed um, fasting for the spirit, the spiritual yeah. side of things. And, you know, I remember I told um, like a a time that we was doing fasting and somebody asked me, you know, you know, did I want to go to lunch or something like that? Or, you know, they had like chicken or something like that. And I was like, well, I was like, well, no, I can't have chicken because I'm fasting, you know? And so they were like, you you can't have chicken. It's baked chicken. I'm like, well, it's not a diet. (laughs) It's not a diet. It's so, you know, I, I'm not having any meat, you know, any fried foods. It's all vegetables, fruits, water, juices. You know what I mean? And, you know, this is what I'm telling the person. And they just was looking like, okay, like I've never heard of that one. I know that they just knew of the intermittent one. And, you know, I'm, you know, I'm not knocking somebody from not knowing because for the longest time, I didn't know. You right. know what I'm saying? I didn't know about fasting. And for the longest time, when I did know, I did not engage in it. It was one thing, it was like um, a thing that I tried and then had some real benefits off the rip. And I was just like, oh, that kind I believe that fasting really helped me in that situation. You know, do you remember when you realized that fasting really worked for you? Yes, I do. I remember my friend saying, God speaks to me. God speaks. I was like, God ain't speaking to me. What do you mean? I don't understand. God don't speak to me like that. And so I went on. Now, let me say this. Some of the stuff that I've learned, I learned the hard way. Like you can't go on a full, you can't go on a full water fast and not prepare. Like you, there have to be parameters around that. If you've never fasted before, I suggest start small. Fast a meal. Fast a day. You know, um, don't start with the full like Jesus did, you know, for 40 days. Don't do that. You will absolutely hurt yourself. Don't do that. God wants us to, to use wisdom. So the, one of the fasts that I went on, I went on a fast. All I did was say, Lord, I really want to hear from you. And can I give you an acronym, which will make it real practical? Yeah. The acronym is PRAY. So P is prepare. Don't just jump on a fast without preparing. Like I know at New Beginnings, we have a fast coming up next week in preparation for Easter. So we know it's coming up. So guess what? I'm gonna go to the store. I'm gonna pick up some things that I can eat. I'm gonna prepare. I'm not just gonna jump in it. But one of the best fasts I went on was I said, Lord, I need some answers. Um, I need some direction. I went on, I just ate salads. They even had meat in them, just salads. No chocolate, no coffee, just salads and water. Man, God spoke. Like I was on like day three and I'm getting so much revelation. Just 
It doesn't have to be super hard. That's where we miss it sometimes. They think it's got to be this big grandiose thing. No, whatever you commit to the Lord, just stick to it. You can say, Lord, I'm not going to watch TV for a week. Commit to it. God will honor that sacrifice. It doesn't have to be anything that about kills you. And people mess up a lot. And then, well, I'm taking medicine. Well, take your medicine and eat food. If that's what you have to do, fast from something else. So P is prepare. And R is rest. Whenever you go on a fast, you got to rest. Because guess what? It's going to affect your body. When, when we go on the Daniel fast, even if it's just like a week, I love coffee. Like Pastor loves coffee. I love coffee. By day two, I'm feeling it. And so, and, and even if um, you can feel it in your body when it's a spiritual fast, there are days where I just forget to eat lunch because I'm busy. It's different if I'm fasting, I feel it. And so it's like, you gotta know, you gotta incorporate time to rest. I sleep more when I'm on a fast. You got, and, and like I said before, you can't just um, be on a fast and not, and not um, give God time. You, you can't just be about missing the meal. So you, when you rest, you got to be um, drawn closer to God also while you rest. So it's an intentional rest. And then A is ask. So when you're praying, you're all, when you're fasting, you're also praying, right? So usually when you're on a fast, you're, you're fasting for something particular, something specific. So when you're on your fast, that's the time to ask God whatever is on your heart. But come to him, correct. Don't come to him. Lord, I just got this question. You got to acknowledge who he is first. You got to thank him. You got to, I know first lady and pastor teach the, um, the acronym. Um, I forget what it is, but basically you have to, you have to come to God and you have to thank him first and you have to acknowledge him. Acts, yeah. acknowledge, confession, thanksgiving. That's it. I remember that. Acts. Mm -hmm. Then get to the supplication. So we don't just don't, he's not Santa Claus. So he's God. Come on. He created everything and he's given time specifically for you and he will speak to you, but you got to come correct, you know, and so you have to ask in your, in your time. That's, that's a part of the acronym. So it's and then, prepare. And then in that ask part too, isn't it important to make sure that you're not just coming to God for yourself? Or what's the what's the deal with that? Like, because I, I I in my research I was seeing that like it, we God is not into the selfish, no. the selfish um, prayers into the selfish fasting and or, or the heart pastor. So could you kind of go into that? Yeah. Well, you know, guess what? When you when you go to God in sincere prayer and you fasting, guess who the first person He's gonna talk to you about? Me. You. Absolutely. So you can have I can be having a situation with somebody. God, can you just, you know, get them straight? Da, 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 da. He's going to be like, daughter. <laughs> He's going to reveal that. things in you that you need to get right. But not in a mean kind of way. It's kind of like a, um, a, a loving way. I remember one time I was fasting. And, you know, what, what God does, he reveals hidden sin. Things you may, it may be blind spots when you're fasting. I had a huge blind spot. I was a perfectionist. And I think it came from, you know, the, the, the divorce and all that. I, I internalized that to mean I did something. So he left. So then I, everything had to be perfect. Everything. And it was a, it was like a subconscious thing. I didn't even know that, that I had become a perfectionist, but when I became a perfectionist, I put that standard on everybody else. 
Like everybody got to get it right. right. So what got revealed to me was I, I, one time I was, I was so upset. I tried to do this one thing and, I, and, and, it, and it messed up. And literally in my mind, I heard, don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. I wouldn't tell myself that. I had never heard that. And I said, what does that mean? A few weeks later, pastor preaches it in his message. That, same, that very that same? exact phrase. Don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. And my ears what does it mean? <laughs> what does it, it means when, the when you bathe a baby, they get the water gets dirty. You throw the water right. out. You're going to throw the baby out, right? You're going to throw the, the precious thing out too. Thank right. you. So right. if you make a mistake, correct that part. Don't throw the whole thing away. But he even went deeper. He said, when you make a mistake, you are not the mistake. I got that during fasting. You know what I'm saying? I would, every time I made a mistake, I felt like I was a mistake. So that's why if you really want to hear from God, he will speak to you. Amen. And so that can come from just asking. Amen. And in the last part, the why in prayer is yearning. You have to be, you have to expect to hear from God. Because sometimes we pray and we go, yeah, God ain't gonna really answer that. You can answer that for Marley. He can answer that for me. But you have to yearn for God. God, please, I know you are God. I know you can answer me. I'm waiting. I'm, I'm carving out this time for you. And sometimes he'll answer you. Then sometimes he'll answer you when you get up. But just still be expecting. Go about your life. If your fast ends, keep going. God's going to do something. Even if you can't see it, God is working. And so if you stick to that. Expectation is so important because I know a lot of times we We'll say things, you know, because it sounds good to us in the moment, but saying it and believing it yes. is, is two different things. Like, and then, and then when you think about believing it, like, wow, I believe God is able to do this thing, but the, the, the real important level is expecting him to do it for yeah. you. Yes. And God speaks to you in a way that's specific to you. If you've ever had God speak to you, you know it was God because you wouldn't tell yourself that. God often tells us things that we don't want to do, that we know is right. You just don't want to do it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know it's right. Like, dang, I got to go talk to that person. <laughs> and it will, yeah, it will poke at you until it happens. Like, and we'll poke, the Holy Spirit conviction ain't no joke. I don't know how people. No joke. Oh my God. It's like, okay, Lord, I'll do it. I'll do it. <laughs> Absolutely. So when you go into the fast, you gotta be, you gotta be um outward, not always inward. Even if it's an if it's a request for you, be open that God's gonna do something because God is so awesome. Anything that we go through, it affects everybody in the room. It, it affects everybody in the situation. If you're praying about a situation you're going through with you and someone else, God not only wants to bless you, he wants to bless them. So sometimes he says, wait, because I'm setting it up, not just for you, but I'm setting it up for them. So you got to always be open to God ain't only about to bless me. He's trying to bless other people too, because he's a God of all and he loves everybody. Now, if we come, that's on us, but he wants to bless everybody. So we can't be so inward in our prayers. That's why when we have corporate prayer, you don't hear the intercessors talking about our own stuff. You hear us praying outward. Because in corporate prayer, that's not the time. Now, if you come on and you want to pray for you, that's fine. But the intercessors know we're here to pray. 
for everybody else who's on that call. Anybody who may hear it, see it, experience it. Um, you know, we're here for to be God's hands and feet at that moment. We're here to stand in a gap for somebody else. That's intercession. Stand between them and the enemy and say, I can, I can take this hit. They can't. Right. So right? you standing in standing in the gap. Which means our life gotta look like something. You can't you be by that. That means you can't live a you can't live a dual life. And the intercessors know that. That's part of our training. We can't have one foot in the world and one foot in the kingdom. You gotta be all in because the enemy knows he can he studies us. He doesn't have all power, but he has some power. He's not omniscient, he doesn't know everything, but he studies us. He's, he has his demons who study us so they can know how we're gonna respond to stuff. So we can't have, we can't be, uh, I'm not saying perfect because nobody is, I'm not, nobody is. I'm just saying you gotta, you can't be living a life where you're still doing things where the Holy Spirit has already told you to stop. Everybody knows what's wrong. You know what I'm saying? We don't have to go down the list. You know, if you're doing something wrong, you know, if you're in a lifestyle of sin, that's right. different than, um, Lord, I'm sorry. I, I, I told an untruth. I repent. I'm sorry. Lord, I felt a little envy. I'm talking about a lifestyle of sin. Right. You can't be an intercessor under a lifestyle of sin. Because guess who's going to get hit when you start praying? The enemy going to see all through that. And use it to take you down. Yep. Sons of Skeever. Good example. Wait, who's a Skeever? <laughs> The sons of Sceva, they, they wanted, they wanted, they wanted the same Holy Spirit that Paul, you know, the same Jesus that Paul had, but they didn't have the Holy Spirit. So when they started trying to deliver somebody from a, from a, um, trying to deliver somebody from a spirit, the spirit jumped on them because they didn't have a life lined up with God. So you don't want to be like that. You want to have a life where if God asks you to pray for somebody, then he knows he can trust you. First of all, you got to trust you with what he tells you about people. We don't talk, we don't go talking about what God lays on our heart a lot. We just pray about it. It's not for us to go talking unless God says, I need you to go to that person, whatever. But sometimes it's just to pray. If you have, if you discern something's up with somebody, sometimes God just wants you to pray. But you, you need to have a relationship with the Lord, meaning you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus Christ died on the cross. He rose on the third day for our sins. That's what we, that's what makes us Christians, right? And so you, you, you get spiritual gifts once you become a Christian, right? We have talents when we're born, but you get spiritual gifts. The Holy spirit gives us spiritual gifts. So if you haven't gone through the first step, you need to go through the first step. <laughs> you need to receive Jesus. You can't get spiritual gifts any other way. And intercession is a spiritual gift. And it usually accompanies other gifts. Like my intercession accompanies mercy. I'm high in mercy. Like I can't even watch like a sad movie without crying and praying for the people and it's fictional you know Kevin's like Chantel, that's not even real what you praying for? I can't help it but you know I, I'm high in mercy I feel what you feel I feel yeah. it don't why well you can't watch the Lion King then you can't watch I, nothing ooh, that messes me up <laughs> oh my gosh that messes me up so yeah. you're right and then you have some people with the gift of exhortation which is encouragement which Reverend Kevin's an encourager you have some with the gift of prophecy teaching and so on and it's and it's and it's um mixed with their intercession so we pray different you know what I'm saying so we can't all expect everybody to pray the same way and if you don't know that you're going to feel pressure just pray like somebody else right so so just pray like God told Marley to pray. Use Marley's personality. Use Marley's gifts. And it's awesome. God said, I love it. 
Amen. Well, I, well, let's talk about some of the. Now, I'm I'm glad that you had hit on some don'ts as far as um you know don't go into don't go in without being prepared and don't try to do you know a straight forty day fast and things of that nature. Um, some you know it was a a few um it was some myths that I had ran across and I wanted to uh, run them by you to see if you can kind of address those right. Okay. So um, I must fast in order to get to heaven. No, we just talked about Romans 10, 9 and 10. That's all you got to do to get to heaven. Confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus Christ died for your sins, that he rose from the dead, then you will be saved. That's it. Fasting is something that you do to draw closer to God after you're saved, but it's not salvation. Just like baptism is not salvation. Okay, okay. What about, and you already touched on that everybody should be fasting 40 days like Jesus did, no. so you won't go there. <laughs> <laughs> so how about uh, food, um, food on a Daniel fast can taste good? Like the, does the food, it, it, is there something against the food tasting good on a fast? No, there's not anything against the food tasting. No, but I mean, I get it because I, I thought that before too. But guess what? Food can taste good and it still be a sacrifice because I can't have my Coke and I can't have my candy bar and I can't have my coffee. So food can taste good. You can get creative with the Daniel fast. You know, I made um, veggie chili. It's beans and veggie. It's not even meat, but, you know, it's, it's filling and I, and I don't eat it all day, but I eat it for a meal. And then in between that, the times where I feel hunger pains, I replace that with prayer. So he doesn't want us to try to get full, replace, you know, what we can't eat and just eat all day and gorge ourselves. That's defeating the purpose. Right. So that's why I said that you have to prepare. So for example, if I'm on a Daniel fast, I may have some nuts. I may have some fruit. Um, I may have a potato for lunch, some, some veggie chili for dinner, you know, salad. Um, and so if I get hungry, I'll eat some almonds at my desk, pray. Wait a minute, you had a potato on a Daniel fast? Mm-hmm. I didn't know we could have potatoes. Fruits or vegetables? I thought it was a vegetable. <laughs> I thought we could have like just like the what you call them the like the the candy yams like the the yam. I didn't sweet think potatoes. The, the sweet potato. I thought we couldn't have a regular potato. Yeah, I I live in the produce section of a Daniel fast. <laughs> so you just like go <laughs> like if it's in the produce section, you go avoid. And guess what? God still honors my prayer. We don't want to get so, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Technical. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. That you missed I, I overthink it, I think. And it, well, it I, don't understand people, I don't understand people want to do it right. People want to do it right. Um, and I get that. But I mean, God will honor your, your sacrifice. He'll honor you trying. Now, if you know if you know it's not on the fast and you eat it, like biscuits are not fast, you know, stuff like that, you know. But I mean, my thing is, if you're fasting like that, if you're fasting for something else, then that's fine. If you're fasting from social media, biscuits are fine. And my thing is, I don't go telling everybody, like everybody at church knows we fast together. But I'm, when I'm on a personal fast, I don't tell a lot of people that I'm on a personal fast. Um, because first of all, it causes confusion because... Now they're watching what I'm eating. I thought she was on fat. You know, you don't know what kind of fast I'm on. 
That's true. That's and so, true. And my thing is, if you fall off, get back on. Lord, I'm gonna start tomorrow. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm gonna. I'm like, start I know tomorrow. I messed that up. I done had situations when I've been on a fast and then forgot and messed around and was eating. Was like, I'm fast. I'm supposed to be fast. And it's like, you know, I've had one of those moments before. So yeah, I'm glad that no you brought it up. Just, just get back on. Just get back on, you know. And so sometimes we we beat ourselves up and it's okay. It really is. God doesn't want us to kill ourselves. He wants us to use wisdom, prepare, have in mind what you're going to do, have everything set aside. Um, if you fall off, get back on, stay prayerful and God will honor it. Now, can we talk about some ways, because we talked about some unhealthy ways or some dip, or some don'ts when it comes to starting the fast. What about ending them? Because, you know- Oh, you I've do done some bad, I've, I've, I've done it. Um, let me just say I've done it. Oh you know, God. when you end a fast, it's probably not wise to just go straight to the buffet because your tummy's not used to that. Depending on what kind of fast you've been on, um, you can really- upset your stomach if you eat too much right after a fast you should kind of gradually um go back to eating heavier food so. like sorry it's depending on what you was fasting from right i know that that right. is a, a big thing but let's say for the daniel fast because we know that's fruits and vegetables and you done did that let's say a week so or you know five days because like next week is easter we're going to be doing it for five days as a church right so mm -hmm. let's just in that instance if somebody went the whole five days then you know at, on friday six o'clock your first meal should be what opposed to what anything that's not too heavy because it's different for different people like soup salad i mean you can if you want to eat chicken just don't go crazy with the chicken you know like, don't eat a bucket Right. Right. Don't eat a bucket. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't have a full on precious moment. We got to make sure that we are having just a make sure or maybe it's baked instead of fried or something like that. Now, so, let me say, I told you I've done it and I'd be like, oh, Jesus. Why did <laughs> <laughs> I do that, Lord? <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. OK. 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 And then. um Last but not least here, uh, Minister Shan, I just want you to kind of um, hit on even the, because while it's not something that is, we don't, we do it to, you know, to build our spirit opposed to our body, but there are benefits to our body right yeah. that you know are really good and i think that we should kind of put you know highlight that because um it, it is good for breaking habits and things of that yeah, nature absolutely. so if we can kind of discuss that sure so um let me just reference this i wrote it down because pastor touched on that he's doing a bible study teaching now called um uh keys he's to the kingdom. the kingdom and it is yes lord amazing. it's so good and so what he's talking about now is what the Bible says about fasting. And what, one of the things that he mentioned was um, any, if, if you fast for three days, you can break a habit. Now, the first day, let me tell you, the first day is going to be like, you'll be a little cranky. The second day, you're going to be hangry, hungry, angry. But after that, you kind of get to a place where you get into kind of like you start feeling like, oh, my God, I'm getting a little, I, I feel like I'm closer to God. You feel cleansed. The third day be that it, it's something about that third day. You are so right. Yeah. It's, it's, it's like I went on a 
I went on a, I had a habit that I had since a little girl. I, I used to like play with my fingers all the time. And I was like, Lord, why do I do that? And I, I really wanted to know why I did that. And I literally went on a water fast. First, only one I ever went on. But what I did was I talked to somebody first who did one. She said, I took a week off. I took a week off of work. That's before I was working on staff at the church. And I literally made sure I had um, lemon and different things she told me to have. And the first day, oh, okay, had all water. I, I felt really tired. The second day I thought I was gonna die. I called her, I said, I'm dying. <laughs> I think everything's shutting down. Like what is going on? I'm dying. And she said, you're not dying. She said, if you wanna stop, that's okay. But if you wanna keep going, Let's pray. We prayed. I drank water. I took a nap. That third day, girl, from day three to five, I was fine. And God literally, when I was reading the Bible, I was reading the book of Psalms, and He said, I am your comforter. So what I was doing was comforting me from a little kid. It wasn't a sin. He said it wasn't a sin, but I made it my comfort. And He said, I'm your comforter. You don't have to have any kind of addiction or any kind of habit. I'm your comforter. So I got that from a water fast one time only. I said, I don't ever have to do that again unless the Lord says, I pray he doesn't. Because I mean, the first two days, I really thought I was going to die. But something about that third day, things kind of change. Think you kind of, your body gets used to not having caffeine. You feel cleansed. You feel, you feel better. You may be hungry here and there, but you know, it's in it. And when you start eating like regular food again, you feel the difference. You feel heavier. You know, you feel I'm putting it, I'm putting all this back in me. And it's, and it's almost like when you're fasting, you feel like you're drawing closer to God when they talked about the Holy of Holies. And then when you're not, you're drawing back. You're still God's child, but it's like that intimacy level is different because you're putting other things. I always say this, whatever you put in you, the most is going to rain. If you put a bunch of TV in you, it's going to rain. You put a bunch of word in you, Bible, it's going to rain. Whatever you put in you is going to rain. You put a bunch of burgers in you, it's going to rain. If you have a healthy diet, it's going to rain. So whatever you put in your vessel is going to rain. And so when, when I started eating regular foods, I felt the difference spiritually. I still felt close to God. And it, it was almost like, I was like, Lord, I don't want to leave this place. I want to stay right here because I, I have a, we have a prayer closet in our house. And there's a closet that we, that we set aside. There's nothing in it but pillows a wall to put. And it's funny because we did that before the movie War Room came out. We just always had a prayer closet. I was and just so, going to say, y'all got a war room. <laughs> yeah, we got stuff around. It's literally called the war room on the front. Kevin put a little thing that says war room. And so things that, you know, we really want to, we got to press in. And I, sometimes I feel God drawing me to that room. And, it, and I get into a place where it's just so sweet with God. And then it's time to go to work. And I'm like, I don't want to go to work. Because <laughs> you feel the difference. You really feel the difference. So fasting, I mean, it's with fruits and vegetables, especially, I know people that only eat that anyway. Right. That's not me, but I'm just saying, it's not going to kill you if you only yeah. eat fruits and vegetables. Right, right. And it's, it's cleansing. So um, there are a lot of positives that come with fasting. So sometimes I'll just do one just to do one, you know, couldn't hurt. Yeah, because I, I just think, I think that if people just try it, Right. Because for me, I know when, when I started, when I fasted, it was just because I wanted to just try it for years, for years, I sat in church and heard them talk about fasting and was one of those people that, you know, every time pastor would say, who's all fasting with us? And I'd be looking like, 
you know, I was never one of those people that could raise my hand. And, you know, I was okay with it because I, I never grew up with people fasting. You know, I never knew. I grew up with some real prayer. My grandmother was a real prayer, prayer warrior, but I never known her to fast. If she did, she just didn't tell people. It's possible. Right. You right. know, it's very possible she just didn't tell people, but I never heard her discuss fasting or I never heard her say she was on one. But she was one of the most spiritual people that I was around. And I never, like in the church that I grew up, I never remember it being a, a, all of us doing fasting. You know what I mean? Because I remember we used to have like the Palm Sunday and all that stuff. But I don't even remember that. I remember, I didn't even hear of Lent until I moved here, which I know that's more of a Catholic um observation of 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 easter and you know preparing for easter and things of that nature which i found out and i know it's a lot of people that just jump on the bandwagon on for mm -hmm. lent and not even are catholic not even are religious or anything and that you know i i, I try I, I think i did it probably a couple of times because i thought it was something that i just didn't know that i didn't know that i was supposed to be doing because i knew a lot of people that did it when mm -hmm. i moved i should be doing this too then shoot right it's like oh well let me give up something for lint like <laughs> right. you know am i is you know is god mad at me because i'm not giving up something for lint then i just realized you know i just feel like lint wasn't in my heart like it just wasn't there. Then I found out later that that's for Catholic people. Like I'm not even, that's why, you know? So it's like, okay. But I, even after I tried the Lent bandwagon thing, which, you know, you just really kind of pick something to give up then. It wasn't like a full fast. Right. But when I tried fasting, it was like, okay. And I think we was doing like a, maybe a 21 day. And I probably jumped in like the last four days. Like, you know what? I'm going to do a couple of, do a few, a few days and Praise just God for your last four. That's right. right. <laughs> just kind of try it out. And it was just like, it was really like, it was an experience that I know changed me. And yeah. it was just like, it. I, I felt myself getting closer to God, even though I was really clumsy with it. I was, um, I was hangry. I don't went through all of that. And then I went through the little, you know, I was just like, okay. And then when I try, and then after that, it was just like, okay, I'm gonna do this for the whole duration sometimes. And then I've been kind of doing, but then I've been getting more and more raggedy with it. Cause like I was doing stuff. <laughs> I was doing, you know, I'm like, I feel this going the wrong way. I really need to, to get better with this. But I think it's because I was overthinking it, Mrs. Yeah. And, and I think we um we can't forget, like I said before, we can't forget to give God time. Because if you if you're fasting and you and you're um just missing meals or not eating certain things and you're not giving God time, you're missing out on the beautiful part. Like the time with him when you it just feels different. It just feels different. You, you know, it's like the more time you spend in, in 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 God's presence, it's like the Holy Spirit. Things just kind of fall off you. I can tell when I missed one too many devotions because stuff starts to stick. Yeah, I get mad at stuff and stuff agitates me. But if you have a consistent devotion and you spend a consistent time in God's Word and reading, it ain't got to be anything too deep. You can do the U version, whatever. You know, just right. reading and just you know, if you have a consistent time like that, things just kind of roll off. It doesn't stick. And that's how it feels when you're fasting. When you get past that third day, it's like stuff doesn't stick. It's like, you can come at me. It's like, yeah, whatever, God got me. Yeah, whatever. Stuff doesn't stick because you're, you've been in his presence. But when you haven't been, when you're walking in the flesh, oh, everything stick. You can hardly even, my husband's like, Shan, you, ooh. <laughs> 
you little, you little, you little chihuahua today. You're like biting it. What's <laughs> going on? I know I gotta, it's too much flesh. It's right. just too much flesh. So, yeah. and that's the difference. You know, it just feels different. It really does. So it's I'm looking forward up. to that. Yeah, yeah. I'm it's looking forward to that. Yes. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you so much for coming on to the show and having this conversation with me. I learned a lot. Enlightened me. Yay. <laughs> I didn't break you. Praise the Lord. I was like, Lord, I don't want to break it. Just tell me what to say. I don't want to mess her up. Jesus. You were, nice you were great. You She's were great. A nice girl. I don't want to mess her up. <laughs> I appreciate you doing it, taking the time to do this. And it, it really, it definitely was, it, it exceeded my expectations. And I thank you so much for Praise being God. here. Praise God. I really um, appreciate the opportunity. I really do. Thank you so much to my guest, Minister Chantel, for joining the conversation about fasting. I learned so much, and I hope that you learned a lot out there. If this conversation spoke to you, please like it, please share it, and definitely please subscribe to my YouTube channel. And remember, you can also listen to us on Apple Podcasts as well as iHeartRadio if you want to listen to us on the go. Well... In this conversation about fasting and praying, there was so many gems to be shared. But if I had to grab one out that I hope sits in your spirit, it is don't worry too much about what you're losing or what you're giving up during your fast. It's not about that. God cares about your heart doing it. Right. So just talk to him and find out what it is that he wants you to give up. And don't worry about what you're giving up. Worry about all that you have to gain. And when you think about what you have to gain, it's just the keys of the kingdom, the kingdom of the most high God. And that is something to make fasting worth pursuing. And on this walk with God, I know one thing for sure. Loving God can be easy. Trusting God can be hard. But I believe we can all get there one step at a time on this Christian walk. I'll see you next time. Talk with me, what you know about God, will he ride with me? Come and open my eyes for me, hear my story. Show me more, what's in store, and what's more. Listen, homie, can you walk with me? Talk with me, what you know about God, will he ride with me? Come and open my eyes for me, hear my story. Show me more, what's in store, and what's more. Listen, homie, can you walk? Uh, can you walk? Let's walk.